Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. Uh, we're all on lockdown, but Joel and I are here for you. Hey, how's it going? Yep, it's going all right, mate. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good actually today. Sunday, I didn't do anything. Okay. Total sort of, yeah. But since then, like, I've been doing loads of podcasts, Joel. I know, you won't stop telling me. What have you been doing? I've been reading messages from you about how many podcasts you're doing and ignoring yeah. them. Is that, anno- is that annoying you? No, we'll talk about this afterwards. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've been I've been doing lots of well, editing. Do you want me to do less, podcasts. or just to stop telling you about it? I just I, assume you've got nothing to do, Joe. Really you I'm appreciate joking. the att- and you appreciate the attention. I'm just messing around, Mark. I'm just messing around. If I start texting you, you'd feel it. Feel what? A relief? A release? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, what were you, oh, what, what else have you been doing? Have you been exercising? I can't stop running. <laughs> like Forrest Gump? Yeah, a little bit like Forrest Gump. I had except. a joke about that. Did I you? had a joke about that. Yep, something about, I mean, this off the top of my head. Um, something about, I watched, I got the DVD for Forrest Gump. And on it, it said like 127 minutes running time. Which was nonsense. He only did it for a bit. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Something like that. Could you do... There you is go, there Joe. any famous skipping? Could you do that? You know how like DVDs skip? Don't know. Or what, CDs what skip? I don't know. You know how like... I'm trying to think of a film where there's lots of people skipping. But you know like... Oh, you mean... The, oh, as in the thing was skipping. Oh, Rocky or something like that. Yeah. Oh, you got a scratch, so, a scratch Rocky DVD. Something to do with skipping. Yeah, DVDs are old now. Do... The street screaming doesn't skip, does it? No, it buffers. Buffering. What is there a film where there's some buffering? What does that where mean? someone's cleaning shoes? <laughs> oh, all right, okay. Uh, not what, really. <laughs> what did you think I meant? I don't know. I just, well, I don't know. I just never really heard it as a word. I don't really think about people buffering. <laughs> no. What, what else do videos, online videos, do? Uh, mm, so I've got jokes about streaming. I've got yeah. that rude one that I did, but I'm not going to say that now. That's good. <laughs> It's a good job. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks, mate. Good stuff. Okay. Anything else? No, no, don't do that bit yet. Um, Wait for that to the end. <laughs> um, I just did a exercise video, Joel. Oh, yeah? Oh, you did that. one? Yeah. You recorded well, one? Copied it. 
How was it? No. Fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. got a sweat on. I need to have a shower, but you phoned me earlier than expected. So you smell right now? A little bit, yeah. Oh, well done. I'm going to have a nice shower, and then I'm going to do a nice podcast record with Tom Allen. Exciting. Which will come That's out a tease. in the future. The future. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, any feedback at Jokes with Mark. Uh, and if you'd like to support the podcast, you could go to Apple and give us a five star review. That would really help. Uh, and also, we've got a Patreon, which you can find at my social media bios uh, at Jokes with Mark. Already said that. Patreon.com uh, be... forward slash Jokes with Mark. Oh, there you go. You get and bonus we're content. Be releasing some. Bonus content on Friday, so uh, good stuff. Um, anything else, Joe? No, don't do that. You need, to, you need to introduce today's <laughs> guest, Mark. Today's sake. guest, we have got the brilliant Tiffany Stevenson. Woo! Yeah, thoroughly enjoyable conversation, and I'm excited for you to listen. So listen now. Hurrah, that's it, perfect. We're it's working, working now. Oh, you've got your own sound guy on lockdown. Well, if you say sound guy, I say fiancé. Um. <laughs> I need a fiancé. You need a fiancé. Yeah. We'll get you one sorted oh. out. You can you can have a timeshare on mine. <laughs> can I? But you, Yeah, not, not in the flesh, obviously, but I'll give you like an hour a week on the phone <laughs> for him to sort all your technical difficulties. Oh, that's nice. So has he been sorting out all your live streams and stuff as well? Is he, is he a proper for- techie? Yeah, I'm fortunate in that I live with a director, but one who is a producing and shooting director. So we actually have camera kit here, audio kit, lighting, the full (laughs) shebang. You've got no excuse. I've got no excuse to not produce constantly. Yeah, so I saw that you were doing uh, your Old Rope gig live last night. How did that go? Was that the first one you've done on live stream? Uh, No, that's actually the third. Oh, right. So you're old hand at it now. Well, so a couple of weeks ago, I think it was a Monday, the full lockdown and quarantine hadn't yet taken effect. But um, I'd just done a weekend of shows and it felt insane to me that the government hadn't sort of sanctioned a lockdown. Having done a full weekend of shows, the last one on Saturday night, I just sort of put myself into forced isolation. (laughs) On Sunday, I I went, I've been around so many people, I just need to stay home for a couple of weeks. Otherwise, I won't be able to see my parents. And then it turned out in the interim of that, you know, we've got this six foot apart rule and everything yeah. else so so see so that night i sort of did a little very short experimental one i ended up doing it on instagram live so you're the first one i was the first one yeah um and other people are doing twitch streams and zoom calls but i really like instagram live because it gives it you have the ability to have this split screen yeah it means everyone can access it um and people donate and what's really nice is that if people are feeling flush they'll buy a couple of tickets worth yeah. and then they're do- donating for someone who can't afford to to chip something in oh, so nice. i like i like that it has that and also that you have someone else to bounce your jokes off yeah as we know i was thinking that because i've been asked <laughs> to do a few and just doing jokes to the thin air doesn't appeal to me at all but if you've got someone else on screen that's quite nice isn't it it's just like you're having a chat Yes, and uh, I would love to get you on. So please come on and do yeah, one. Are you still doing the? Is it still like the? Um, it's still like new material. Is that still what you're trying to do? Well, we're doing new material, and 
um because a lot of people are just kind of talking about their experiences so it's all fairly new yeah oh yeah and then what one thing that I'm doing, which does fit in with the theme of this podcast, Yay. is I'm trying to get jokes that I can't get to work on stage to work in this new format. So I've tried a few things like um, doing some jokes with music, underscoring them to make them seem philosophical and important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, that, and that's quite nice because it takes the edge off needing a laugh yeah. for yes. the joke. So actually, if you just play some music underneath... If you score the jokes, then ah. people can laugh, and it it doesn't it doesn't feel awkward. That could be my with answer. The silence. It's a bit like um, say Dimitri Martin or something, where he does a joke and then he plays a little bit of guitar. Just yes, he, I mean he. I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't get laughs. He definitely gets laughs. But <laughs> but yeah, oh, that's a nice idea. So what, how did you do that? Did you just have I just well I, I'd actually tried it out at Old Rope before all of this a few weeks back it was like jokes to music to make them seem more profound <laughs> okay <laughs> um and because some of them were silly some of them weren't necessarily jokes it was silly things oftentimes for me they're the kind of things that I tweet and there's no way I can do them as stand-up because yep. I don't do jokes mm-hmm. I'm a comedian who doesn't do jokes. <laughs> so, so so we're quite different in that respect. I I all of my stand up is trying to disguise the fact that I'm doing funny stuff so yeah. that it's a surprise for the audience. Yeah. And um oftentimes I'll I'll come up with a gag that I'm like, I can't say that on stage. So like the other day, um the stock markets were crashing. So I just did a one liner on Twitter which was um the Dow Jones is down. But then again, most Welsh Welshmen I know are depressed. <laughs> now I can't say that on stage. Yeah, because it'd, be, um, it'd be a bit d- jarring, wouldn't it, if you just suddenly dropped into that? Yeah. So uh, the way I would normally get around doing a joke like that on stage might be to get someone else to say it. So if I if I set it up <sighs> with kind of I said to my mum the Dow Jones was down, and she said, "Well, that's just Welshmen, isn't it?" Oh, so 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 um, you're putting the idiot on them. <laughs> That, yeah, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or or she's either the idiot or she's <laughs> No, no. Well, she, she's either the idiot or she's knowingly doing a gag. Yes. So you can decide in that moment you're like, "Oh, did she know what she was saying there yeah. or did she not know?" Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. So, 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 so um, with this new way, you've created a little format where you can just go this now this thing now is and then explain what you're doing. And then you're give it, you're you're allowing yourself to do those jokes. Yes, yeah. I mean, because for example, I had one of like, uh, it, we're we're in 2020, and I feel like the big question that we still haven't answered is what is she going to look like with a chimney on her, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is so stupid. But you have well, to frame that, it. That's her old reference as well now. Yeah, it's an old reference and that's kind of part of the fun. If it's been like 20 years since we tried to answer this question, no one's answered it, you know, but it's very silly and it's it's kind of quite far away from what I would do as a stand-up, which is very much my ideas, my opinions, my thoughts about the world, my political yes. leanings, my morality uh, in the shape of routines and jokes. So so something like this, that's funny, underscored to music. Yeah. Or in fact, any jokes about music, um, you know, so... Uh, well, if that, if that know, was a show as well, it'd be quite nice if your walk-off music was that song. It'd be a nice little yes, kind of, yeah. slight, sort of nice little callback to it. That's cool. So what um oh, t- what was I going to say? 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's quite a nice break device, isn't it? If you were doing a long show as well, just between bits. Yes. Just to sort of break it up a bit. What music did you use? Um, I used, um, I think I used one of the ones I did was Led Zeppelin's, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the song now. Do, 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 You know, like the, <laughs> okay. the one they use on the X Factor. Ding, 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 okay. ding, ding, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, to yeah. make it sound really like oh. dramatic and important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing I've done in, in shows, uh, in fact, that's going back a few years ago now, in my show, Uncomfortably Numb, in 2012, um, I had a series of commercials. So I would use that kind of elevator music. So like, you know, like the girl from Ipanema. Yeah. And like, do, 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 boop, boop. A Muzak version of something is quite funny. Yeah. Um, and I, I did a, an advert for the morning after pill to that music. <laughs> okay. Was it this a so video? The, the, um, no, it was just like it played as I was coming on stage or before I came on stage. So it was like a it was like a series of commercials. So oh. um, that was for like uh, the morning after pill because there's enough assholes already. <laughs> like don't create more. Yeah. So so and then that being <laughs> one of the strong sort of themes of my show being you know I feel very strongly about reproductive rights. Um, you know, I was able to be a bit silly and a bit more flippant because it was outside of me doing my actual stand up. Yeah, yeah. So that's oftentimes as me trying to find sometimes, it, sometimes you're so married to your ideas and stuff like that mm. as a comedian, especially doing the type of comedy that I do. It, sometimes it's nice to find a way around like a way of doing it differently. Like if I'm writing a script or if I'm writing for characters, sometimes it's so freeing because I'm freed from my beliefs and ideas and yeah. I can just look at the purity of trying to get to funny yeah well sometimes I think of something and I'm like well I can't do that because it just doesn't fit my style like it would be weird for me to suddenly st- do a story right you know? so, right so then being able to put that into a script or or something is is nice I think this you can always find a way of using everything if it's a good idea mm. I try not to, um, I talked about this recently, but I'm trying not to be married to the idea of stand-up. Like I I have lots of ideas and I'm Mm. like, maybe that could be an article. Maybe that could be a script. Maybe that's a sketch. You know, maybe that's not my stand-up because I feel now I, you know, like I found my voice a few years ago, a few years back, and I feel like people kind of know what kind, like come to me or want to watch me because they're aware of what that voice is. So, you know, trying to... It's exactly... When you were, last night when you were doing the musical bit, how did that go down online? Oh, uh, I did it the week before, but it worked really well. Oh, yeah. Like people were, because the the beauty of um, Instagram is that uh, you can, people can leave comments. And so far, uh, Touchwood, um, everyone's been, they've been nice, positive comments oh, uh, from people. So people will put laughing face emojis mm. because that's, that's the replacement. Obviously, you know, you're not in a room, so you can't hear if it's working or not. And then people are. Yes people are responding i also spoke about (laughs) i spoke about being if you're single during lockdown just to let everyone know that next tuesday is a full moon so good good time to go out and catch some werewolf penis (laughs) and um, (laughs) and that is the kind of thing that i could just like 
I, I just couldn't do on stage because I'd be like, what is it linked to, to everything? I'm not single, but I just thought it was funny, the idea of a full moon. Yeah. Um, that being the time that you go out and get some werewolf dick. <laughs> um, so so in a way, it's uh, um, uh, this it's quite new freeing. kind of way. Yes, this new way of doing comedy is quite freeing. It opens you up to being able to, uh, to think a little bit outside the box. Because also, because you're not getting, you're not, getting a a laugh coming back at you it's like you can actually talk about things that might just be really interesting and amusing but but wouldn't isn't written in a way that would get a laugh in a room like you have to yes there's no constraints really and as long as you're entertaining yes yeah that's and I mean wow (laughs) that's the the, 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 I have been viewed in that way before reviewed in that way (laughs) well I suppose it was entertaining (laughs) oh that's great so so where so where were you at before all this happened? Because I, I I remember seeing some tweets that you're in the states quite a bit. Yes, yeah. Well, I was supposed to be out there for. Um, I was supposed to be out there now. Oh, nice. I had. I'm so I'm sort of I'm grappling with that a little bit at the moment. Of um, everything that I'd sort of been building over the last year has sort of been US based. Uh. So I'm sort of signed with management out there and we, you know, I'd, I'd been doing a showcase of my last Edinburgh show, yeah, um, which quite a personal show again. And it's sort of about me being a stepmother and all the versions of motherhood and, and reproductive rights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, and we're sort of pitching a TV show around it, oh, wicked. but, um, but everything's sort of obviously been put on hold indefinitely yeah so um but interestingly in america the form is so very different because it's weird they don't have an outlet like edinburgh that's one thing that i find really odd considering how much of the televised stand-up is based around an hour yes and specials and selling specials yet they don't have an outlet or a place to do our shows so i was actually speaking to to um uh, uh, a friend of mine who who runs a club out there about maybe kind of putting on a similar festival, allowing oh, wow. people to show their hours because it's not a it's not a thing. But actually, our work rate is significantly higher yes. than American comics. Now, interestingly, the difference being is um, you've got everything. You've got both ends of the spectrum in America, so you have some of the most incredible comics in the world. And you also have people who are getting up on stage and you have no idea why. <laughs> like, like almost like they're, they're possibly actors that want to part in a sitcom yes. and they find themselves endlessly fascinating. But I'm like, <laughs> there's not a joke or a routine in here. There's just a confident person. Yeah. So, so you've got both ends. But w- what it has taught me is like editing and brevity because I'm having to introduce myself to an entirely new audience mm. and you do short sets there. So it's been years since I've gone somewhere and done five minutes, yeah. but like the most you'll get anywhere there is possibly 15 minutes unless I'm doing the hour show. And there they don't view our shows as standups. They call, they call them like, Oh, you're doing a one woman show uh, yeah. or you're doing a one man show. And I'm like, no, this is an hour of stand up. This is like a special, Yeah, but they just, don't understand that that kind of exists as a live thing that we sort of talk so so when you did you have you had to write a bit establishing where you're from well um i've had to write a bit about 
being a British person in America, but I also don't want to like harp on about mm. it because my stand-up is much more about ideas. Yes. And that's the kind of stuff that you write when you first start stand-up, don't you? You kind of go, a little bit about me, yeah. or I'm from this place, or, you know, that's where a lot of us kind of start. So, so establishing your persona... And putting across an idea and some insightful stand-up within five minutes is quite tough. What it's what it's done is is it's made me able to edit. And I mean, I think I probably found that when I first did Montreal in 2016, um, everyone's doing seven to ten minute sets. And I remember oh. Jimmy Carr seeing me going, Oh my god, that was so amazing. And he was like, I really think brevity suits you. And I was like, Wow, I've I found it hard to be able to and he was like, No, I just I I think it it really works. Oh, right, <laughs> so yeah. you you have to kind and I think you would do really well out there because you can come out and be, you know, you've got guys like Mark Norman who who does like the kind of like uh, very funny one-liners, but then also does slightly longer routines. But it's it's all geared up to towards a shorter okay, yeah, a, 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 a taster. So, um, so did you have to but, change yeah, much so, of your stuff? Not really, oh, that's um, lucky. because yeah, because I'm I kind of do what I do. So, so if I'm doing, you know, I was lucky. I got like some headline sets at the Improv and they were like do as long as you want so I did like 20-25 minutes and I was able to do big ideas mm. but in places where I was doing 7 to 10 I would try to pick something that told them a little bit about me and then maybe one story that I knew had a few good punchlines yeah. in it so it's kind of you you have to I didn't have to change I, but I had to curate my own material more yeah. is there anything you so tried I that didn't work to, at all? um Oh, let me think. Well, weirdly, I had some stuff that my friend thought, who's a comedy writer out there, thought wouldn't work, which actually worked really well. Oh. I was like, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna open with, um, uh, you know, I'm from the UK, so I appreciate enthusiasm <laughs> um, because they are they're very enthusiastic audiences. And um, she was like, I don't know that they'll work. Like, oh, it's a- like I said, yeah, she was like, I don't think they'll get that. And Cause that, they cause, always do. They don't, so she didn't think they realised that's what they are. Yes. Yeah. Or, or but- that she, uh, she, she thought, um, I think she thought they didn't realise that British people weren't enthusiastic. Uh, okay. And I was like, I think, I think the world knows that. Yeah. 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 Um, I think the world knows that a British audience just don't respond with the same gusto <laughs> as Americans. Americans are seen as gung ho and we're seen as, as as reserved. So I would say like enthusiasm or joy or anything mm. like that. And she was like, I don't know that that'll work. And I did it and it really worked. Well, the fact that that works, that's a so, great opening just to get established yes. you. Because one, you've established where you're from. You've got a good laugh and it's, it's sort of self-deprecating to where you're from and bang, you're in. Yeah. Well, I always used to have an opener that I used for years, which was an abortion joke. <laughs> which would be like, <laughs> yeah. And, and that worked in America as well. But bearing in mind, I did mainly the coastal states. Um, yeah. If I get if I get towards the middle, I'm not sure how that would play. <laughs> but um, that was my opening joke for years. I used to come on stage and say, um, oh, I've had three beers, but the baby's loving it. Relax, I'm not keeping it. Um, and... <laughs> And then I used to do a bit about that's how I open shows in Ireland and stuff. Yeah. Um, but but again, I really the reason I kept that bit for so long is because it encapsulated quite a lot. It told you a lot about 
my style of humor, my sense of humor, the darkness mm-hmm. that it might have within it, what my political leanings are. Um, and, and, and it being a bit personal as well. So I, I kind of, um, I, I kind of always used to do that, but I've, you know, I think there's quite a lot of American comedians, especially female comics in America who do stuff about abortion. Um, yeah. I guess maybe for it being such a taboo thing in a lot of states. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of went, actually, the one thing I need to address first is that I am different from them. And that's why I work in America. And that's why I love playing there because straight away, I'm not like anyone else on the bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's great. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So so have you got any bits from like over the years that you've sort of, you've really liked, but you sort of keep coming back to and that you just can't quite get going? Yeah, I mean, there's one bit that I had early doors that I when I was knew I was doing this podcast, I was like, maybe after I speak to you, I'm going to go away and <laughs> see if I can rework it. Yeah. But um, I had a bit about in 2012, I did a show called Uncomfortably Numb. And it was, a, it was all about plastic surgery. And at the time I was like 34 and I was like, look, why are we trying to iron the world guys? Like celebrate wrinkles. <laughs> like this isn't a frown line. It's a philosophy crease, you know, yeah, all yeah. of this kind of stuff. And then the years go on and you go, oh, I feel differently about this now. <laughs> Having looked in the mirror and see, clocked up a few more years, it's, it does kind of change your outlook. Um, but uh, I had a routine in that or maybe it wasn't in that maybe I ditched or I tried to put in this show I think and it was one of the first things I wrote and now interestingly when I started stand up so I think I started in 2005 doing a character for about a year oh, I didn't know that which I then yeah I did a character called Savannah Dior Media Hall <laughs> she was like a footballer's <laughs> wife um, and I did Alexander's Jazz Club and I had the worst experience of my life doing stand up because I kind of got stuck in character hell right because um, I arrived at the gig late and it was just all Larry Scousers and they were shouting at me and also I'd made the character a bit thick 
So therefore me wanting to respond with my natural yes. kind of like wit didn't quite work. So I, I, I ended up ditching the character after that because it, it just made it so difficult for yeah, me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yes, I think one of the first routines actually, and then I did manage to take a couple of her jokes. I used to have a joke as Savannah, which was, I always dressed by the Fox rule. And that is if it's an inch away from the hair, it is safe to wear. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> which, you know, works as her, but, you know, as my character to develop, like as me, as a person. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm always of the opinion of, of like, it doesn't really matter what I'm saying. If they buy me, they'll buy the material, they'll buy the jokes. Yeah. And, and then it's about going, how can I be challenging and how can I be clever as well as funny? And how can I explode this myth or challenge this idea? So that's what I'm trying to do. Um, but one of the first things I wrote was about extreme plastic surgery. And, you know, the idea of having this crazy plastic surgery to look younger, what would be the ultimate proof that it had worked? Well, it would be dating a paedophile. Oh, yes. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you can hear the pause that you made there of go, kind of I had going to put it together. Yeah, it's not quite direct enough. And then I'd go, come on, that would be the ultimate, wouldn't it? Snagging a pedo. His last girlfriend was 11. Like, you know, yeah. and and, tr- and then kind of, you know, <laughs> look what I got with my, it I think funny. the line was, look what I, <laughs> look what I got with my 20 grand facelift and my minge wax. His last girlfriend was 11, I think. And maybe it was the word minge. Maybe it's the idea of someone having an 11-year-old girlfriend that was very upsetting. So, so, so that, um, that line would come as a topper after the paedophile line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you got to... Would you pause for them to get it after that bit? I don't think I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I don't think I had the skill to pull off an idea as complex as that. And I still think it's a really good idea. I still think that we are... You know, where are we in terms of like anti-aging? We've reached this kind of weird nadir where oftentimes you don't look younger. You just look different when you have work done. Um, But we're still sort of chasing that. And what's the optimum thing? How young are you trying to go? You know, are are you trying to get yourself to jail bay age? So there was something in the idea that that societally we don't value age. Yeah. But yet... um, I I definitely think there's something in it. And you're probably more skilled as a a writer now to be able to, to make it work, I reckon. Yes, and um, but I guess I guess the butt of that joke is probably the women going crazy with the surgery, and then I guess my other idea now looking at that, I go, well, I remember watching a Bill Burr routine about like women who'd had plastic surgery and looked looked ridiculous, and remember going, oh yeah, we're just we're sort of laughing at them, but we're not challenging the idea of societally why these women think it's necessary Mm. and the brutality of that and the brutality of being told that as you age, as a woman, you hold no value. Yeah. So, so I think I probably caught myself up in moralistic knots trying to get to it, but I still think there's something within the seed of that idea. But again, coming back to the form of it, it might be a sketch. Yes. You know, it might be, it might be a funnier sketch to have uh, a surgery or a clinic that offers surgery to like get you back to, you know, your teenage best and then interviewing some pedophiles with like, you know, like where they don't show the face and it's just a voice. And it was like, you know, you know, it's someone going, you know, well, it's all legal because she's actually 45, but she looks 14. (laughs) 
you know, or something. I don't know. But again, that's dark and a bit yeah. weird. And you know, like, like, with the the, the the plastic surgery angle, I mean, I reckon. That, I mean, that that would work better in the states. You'd you'd think, right? It's, you would, but but then thinking about how many women in New York, especially if I'm doing it in LA, New York less so, but in Los Angeles, like everyone's had right, work so you're having done. a pop at them. So you are, yeah, but unless you kind of talk about the extreme good work, you don't notice. Yeah. There's, 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 that's the thing. So if you get that in. So it, it, yeah, yeah. So it has to be like, it's not about having surgery. It's about people who go to extremes with it. Yeah. Or about people who are not accepting that you can't recapture what is gone. Um, so there might be a bigger philosophical point to make about it. But um, I just, yeah, at the time I couldn't, you know i do think it's probably worth revisiting now and there might be people listening to this podcast going leave it the fuck alone it's not <laughs> what well, how are they with like the because sometimes in in this country if you're just saying the word pedophile can ruin a joke even if yeah even if it's the best written pedophile joke in the world um but how are they with that in the states like as, as a topic are they sensitive as sensitive or I, I think it is i still th- i i think everyone's sensitive about it i think it's about I don't believe there are any off-limit topics. It's just how you approach yeah. them. And it's the skill of the comedian. And also, you know, I'm trying not to punch down. So the the the, the joke in that routine, I wouldn't ever want to be the victims, you know? Mm. But it's kind of like when people say you can't do jokes about rape. You go, well, you can. I reserve the right to take the piss out of Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. If you tell me that I can't do jokes about rape, then I can't do that, you yeah. know? Um, so, so it is about how you approach it. <clears throat> so, and sometimes there's certain routines that you have to make so good so that, you know, and, and they take, this is the difficulty, I suppose, of the modern age is that they, there are certain routines that take, I used to have one about Jack Daniels <clears throat> and, um, the fact that it was, um, what Jack Daniels sell in the UK and it's very different in America but Jack Daniels selling point in the UK is is uh sepia tinged racist nostalgia because <laughs> it's it's kind of good old times in the south yeah. but you know going back to like 1866 or whenever it was times weren't good for everyone in the south they were good if you were white mm. And then I do this this kind of routine and you think that I'm going to say a word, which I would never say yeah. and don't think I have the right to say, yeah. but the audience are kind of following along with the routine and um, and it's about playing with kind of, you know, uh, the expectation of like, where is she going with this? But they really, really have to trust you. Yes. So uh, I'm trying to think of another example of a routine I have about this. I have a routine about immigration where I say, um, I'm talking about walking in on my uncle in the kitchen in the middle of a, a run. And he's like, they come over here, don't they? They come over here. They, they don't speak the language. They take the jobs. And I say, oh, oh God. Okay. <laughs> we're going to have this discussion again. Like whose, whose jobs are they taking? Name me one person that's lost their job. Then we'll have the discussion. And he goes, your auntie Jean lost her job in Sainsbury's to one of them. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? One of them? Like, like, what do you like? You're not even going to dignify that person with a name or the place they come from. That's just racist, mate. And he goes, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about them self-service <laughs> machines. Right. So the joke, but, but the tension in the room yeah. is that I'm going to be, I'm going to say something horrific and racist. Um, 
and I'm going to say it on, and I've watched, seen comics do this, uh, and I've heard it on Radio 4, where they frame a, a horrific word or sentiment by saying someone else said it, yeah. which by the way is not okay. <laughs> it's still not okay. Yeah. The kind of person that would say X, Y, Z, and you go, well, you know, you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but the, the, the point of that joke is the, the subversion of it, you know, yes. that actually he's not talking about immigrants. He's talking about machines that they bring over from China. And I don't speak that HTML Java language, you know, <laughs> and actually people are losing their jobs because of technology and not because of immigrants. Yes. But the ability to get it to that place, you need to be able to work the joke up to a certain point yeah. where you understand the timing of that and the beats of that. And if you get it wrong, people are like, oh my God, this person's a hideous bigot. Yeah. Like get them the fuck off. You can get too much tension, can't you, before the release? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a real difficult thing. And Stuart Lee is kind of like a master mm. of that, I suppose. A, a master of taking a joke away from being funny with repetition and bringing it back to funny. And um, yeah. That's cool. Speaking, oh, yeah, I just found another one of those jokes that kind of doesn't work as me. But I did this to music the other oh, okay. night, which is me saying, drinking a lot of pineapple juice at the moment because apparently it makes sperm taste nice. Um, and <laughs> sorry, that even took me a second. Then I was like, "But she's a woo." Ah, that's the joke. <laughs> yeah, but also it requires a, a degree of like not understanding how that works, which I think my stand-up persona can't quite carry. But it would be a funny line to give a character in a script. Yeah, or, you know? or your so your idiot mate just said to me. Yes. Yeah. 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 Or or your pineapple. Or your even your partner was trying to encourage you to do it more so yeah 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 and then you can kind of you get another three or four jokes out of it probably yeah tiffany stevenson hey hashtag a wooga tiffany stevenson good episode loved it uh uh, yeah Good stuff. Oh, dear. Um, um, Joel. Yep. Anything you want to talk about? Uh, comedy news. you got some comedy news? Of course. The biggest comedy news you meant to ever been. the first section. Yeah, but I felt the first section was going on for too long. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Comedy news. What is it? Edinburgh Fringe. It's cancelled. Oh, the Edinburgh Fringe is cancelled. Yeah. Oh, Sad, I know. isn't it? Well, it is, but it's for the best, Joel. It is for the best. Um, I'm yes. just sad for very selfish reasons. I'd booked to go up there. Um, I had do. Spent, you can get a refund. Ha, nope. I'll tell you about that now. Oh, I'd spent no. £500 on a travel lodge, <gasps> and they, oh have offered, they have offered a voucher. I'm going to be a man in possession for, of £500 <laughs> worth of travel lodge, vouch- travel lodge vouchers. Can, and can you spend them separately or will you have to spend 500 at once? <laughs> well, uh, sure. I mean, that'd be like a month somewhere, wouldn't it? Anywhere else yeah. outside of Edinburgh. Um, yeah. The reason being, people that have Edinburgh accommodation and hotels are at a premium during Edinburgh Fringe. So like budget yes. hotels cost the price of like really fancy hotels. Yes. But that means Luckily, I've got we a lot of money a now to spend on... Yeah. A really budget hotel. That's so, first. It's right. interesting. You never know where you might you might be sort of might get kicked out of the house. Be like doing podcasts on the road at some point. True. I'll I'll just be like I'll be like a bit having a a platinum card to travel. Oh, on. you could have 
You could have little weekends away in different places yeah, and just true. stay in shit hotels. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, this podcast is sponsored by Travelodge. So for 10% yeah. off. <laughs> uh, and on that note, if you'd stuff. like to support the podcast, we have a Patreon mm. at Jokes with Mark on social media. You'll find it. Or patreon.com slash Jokes with Mark. Um, uh, anything else from you, Joel? Nothing from me, Mark. Anything from you, Mark? Yes, actually. The next episode will be on Tuesday. No, Whoa, won't. Monday. 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 That's fun. It and then stops. another one on Thursday. Lucky, Lucky devils. Yeah. Um, anything more from you, Joel? <laughs> no. <laughs> you can ask me. Anything more from you, Mark? Nothing more from me, Joel. Hashtag over, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.